Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this episode of Tree Talk, episode 237, a Munster final review special as Limerick make it five in a row in the province with another absorbing win over Clare in the two scale crowns. It was an exceptional day and we'll be going through that game in huge detail over the course of the next hour or so. There'll also be time for some football, ladies football and camogie with the hurling will dominate the discussion as John Kiley's men do it all again. So stay tuned for all that and more. Impression the game, we get old with what you put into it. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. If your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence, you can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? He's just about kept in. Oh, wow. Well, I'm shouting Buckley to do that to Tommaso Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about it. made all the run, that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. I got so caught up talking about the Munster final, Matt, I never even introduced you, but as always, I'm joined by Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star in association with Noel's menswear. Matt, what a weekend. Uh, Jack, what a weekend and what an occasion. And, you know, I was reflecting it immediately after going down on pitch side and um, like the, 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 the raw, naked euphoria that, that was out pitch side was, you know, um, we often spoke about um, uh, the, the euphoria that, that spilled onto the pitch after the 2013 win over Cork. Um, I think this was this was um, this far surpassed it. It, it was just, but I, I suppose it was tinged with a small sense of relief that that we had got over the line because I suppose there were a few hairy moments there in the closing stages. But Jack, I, I had to pinch myself as being, I suppose. For the want of a, b- a better word, being a senior citizen um, and ha- having been, having, as I said, so often seen my Limerick play for the first time in 1960, uh, so much has happened in the, in the meantime. And, and um, in terms of, of success, um, I suppose, relative to what um, the quality and the players that we had, very, very, very little happened. And um, to think that we'd gone 45 years without... without um, um, a monster around all, in all Ireland, and then to get four and five years, and now like to get five monster championships. It's not very long ago, Jack, when we would shoot, we would shout from the rooftops if we had won the first round of the monster championship, and here we are now with five monster titles in a row, emulating what what Cork have done. We're the only two counties in the province. Um, to have uh, to have done it, it's just happy, happy days. Yeah, it's definitely happy, happy days. And we're delighted to be joined this morning by Morris O'Brien. There was a great reaction to you. first time around, Morris. You were so kind to have liked us again. How are you keeping this morning? Good, lads. How are you? Good morning to you both. Great, great. Good morning, Morris. How are you? Good. Sun is shining in another monster hike in the bag. So, look, yeah, couldn't put, couldn't be what what good at the moment. Yeah, we're, we're getting oh. used to this. We're getting used to Morris five in a row. Um, 
I suppose before we get into the game itself, you were there. Just the occasion, you know, it's there was so much hype about this Munster Championship and, you know, there was, I suppose, a small sense that maybe this game wouldn't be able to live up to everything that's come before it. But it did all that and more and just the fact it was on in Limerick, but it was still, you know, relatively 50-50 and there was a huge Clare section in, in the Clare and we were looking right across at it, Morris, into enemy lines. It was just a brilliant occasion. It was a super occasion. Look, I suppose from the from the minute just set out from home there, and we we parked in the city centre, and the and the walk out was just was just brilliant, and the sun shining, and thousands of people walking out the Ennis Road. You know, it's it's magical, really. You know, and, and the stuff you'd you'd heard about when you were younger, and uh, yeah, it's great. I suppose it was all Limerick coming our direction. You know, and you you were wondering what was coming the other way. But I was actually talking to Alan Dempsey after the game, and he came down from 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 his house there. At the back of the Gaelic grounds, he said he got down to the Ennis Road and he, he looked left, was an army of green coming, and he looked to his right, was a, an army of yellow coming at him. He says it was, it was surreal to look at it, you know. Yeah, but, it was um, a brilliant occasion all around inside the city, you know, brilliant for the city, brilliant, uh, and just both sets of supporters embraced it, and um, just what an occasion, you know. I suppose, look, yeah, easy to say that when you come out on the right side of it, I suppose, but what an occasion all around for, for the city. Yeah, Matt, you're jumping in there. Yeah, I, I was just going to say full credit to everybody that was involved in 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 organising the occasion. And John Kiley referenced it in in his in his um, post match interview about about the the level of organisation that was involved from Mike Reardon, the county secretary, down, and all those involved with the Gaelic grounds that had had everything in ship shape for what such was a huge and I suppose tense occasion, Jack. Yeah, it, it was it was certainly tense. Um, Morris, your camera is off there, so you might just give us a shout if you're still there. Just yeah, so no, we I'm know. here, yeah. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> yeah, look, we'll 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 fire away. Um, going. Going. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 fire away. I'm sure it'll come back in its own accord. Um, game itself, Morris. You know, it was fairly nip and tuck at the start. Were you, were you anxious? I suppose considering what had happened the month previous, that you know this would be the time to clear got over Limerick, like, you know, with a real a real piece of silver on the line, I suppose. Yeah, no, there was definitely a, a there was a fierce uh, air of anxiousness around before the game, you know, because you knew, you knew what you were getting here. Like, you, you knew Limerick were going to turn up and what you were going to get from them. And you, you knew, yeah, I suppose, Claire getting to the stage now where you know they're going to turn up as well. And um, we've had some serious battles in the last two years with them. And it's been... Um, you know, fantastic, but you knew you knew you were getting it. There was definitely an, an air of uh, anticipation as to what the game was going to bring. And I just thought, lads, the call from Clare, call it the, the musical chairs now, and whoever got the upper hand of who, but the call from Clare to come and play in the Gaelic grounds was was some some call by law, and you know, to say, yeah, we'll take you on in your own back garden. And it really, for me, it set, it set a real intent from Clare that, they meant business and there was no step back from them, you know. And look, they showed that as well on the day, you know, there was no step back. So you'd have to admire it. It was a brave call. Um, yeah, is it the right one now? I heard, I heard no per clear person saying it was a, a wrong call either, even after the game. I think they were happy, happy with it and happy their team came to perform. But uh, yeah, what a call, what a call to come to Limerick to play us in their own back garden. And look, their own back garden more or less as well, but what a, what a call to make. Yeah, I know it's it is Limerick's home venue and, and the players are familiar with it, but Claire will be so familiar as well. We were talking to Owen Brennan last week and he said if they're playing challenges, they're in the Gaelic Crown. So I don't think that the venue played any part. It seemed fairly 50-50 if it was 
55 45 that was it max you know the Clare fans really really brought everything and there was never any fear that they wouldn't but i suppose the, coming out of the game one major talking point was at the very end you know and the the, the peter case hit on, on tony kelly and i think it might have been will was the final man to put in a tackle but uh, overall, in the grand scheme of things, I think there was calls that went either way for both sides over the course of 75, 80 minutes. I'm talking about Mike Casey getting a yellow that kind of curtailed him for a bit and Garod got a yellow, you know, for I, I don't know what really. And there was a few with Galan that he didn't get. So I think it'd be very unfair to to go on one decision for the outcome of, of a game like that. Yeah, no, it would definitely be unfair. But look, the reality is, it, it was a free, right? Um, I didn't know it at the time, right? You, you, you're where, where you're looking at it. I was, I was behind the goals there in the Limerick side, and I, yeah, you, you tossed, you saw Tony going down, you know, and you're you're parting your mouth that yeah, the normal instinct for a referee is to make it a draw game. It's, for me, yeah, it probably was a free and reflection when you look back at it afterwards. But again, I was right in front of the Mike Casey one amused as to how you got a free out of it um, and again the Garoad one as well when you see it back you know, yellow card for nothing which curtails his influence in the game as well so look swings and roundabouts we've been at the wrong end of a few of them Jesus the day they go with you, you you have to be happy as well you know so but again swings and roundabouts in the game I, I'd say yeah probably we, we certainly didn't get the upper hand in it or I wouldn't be complaining about the ref either but but these things these, that's the way it rolls isn't it yeah, it is. I suppose I thought first half that it kind of went in Claire's way. In the second half, maybe a bit towards the so even it out. Matt, your green, your green glasses on at half time, Jack. You see, <laughs> yeah, the flare, the flares were in my eyes in in the city. And Matt, what was your take? I suppose on on that final minute, and then in the context no, of the overall game, I have to differ with Morris on that now because we were we were straight over it now, and. Um, you know, I, in the aftermath, I was saying to myself um, in real time, I thought I didn't see a free a free in real time. And um, I, I differed with all those that were, that were whinging about it. And um, when I saw it back, I still don't see. I, I didn't see what the free was, to be, to be yeah. honest. And, and um, you know, I'm not wearing t green tinted glasses now, Morris, as I've been accused in the past, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, you know, I'm putting myself into the referee's position. He he was coming down. He was coming into a cauldron, like uh, the the, the build-up to the, the this year's monster final. In my view, was like no other. And you had the whole narrative then of of Clare coming into Limerick, and if anything, that he pressure on Limerick. Now, actually, um, I, I was speaking to Tommy Gilfoyle before the game, and. And um, I, I just threw down that subject with him. And he, he said to me, he said, there was no talk at all in Clare or, or no dissent at all in Clare about coming into the play, play in the Gaelic grounds. But um, the referee's position, I, I thought he, you know, it was a very, very difficult game. He was coming into a cauldron. You had, you know, as you said there, look at one side and you had a whole bank of green, this side a whole bank of yellow. And... Um, I thought overall he handled the situation well. Now, maybe there were one or two um, particular incidents where you might take issue with it, like the Mike Casey card and indeed the Garod Higarty card for that matter. But um, I think he feared, you know, that um, he, he wasn't going to allow anything to develop that would uh, uh, um, allow the game to boil over. 
and and I think his his use of the advantage rule was 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 very judicious, and I I think he applied it quite well. But overall, I would have no crib with the referee. Now I'm saying that from a position that we've won the game by one point, and there has been controversy about the final decision, and it went our way. Um, but um, I, I would take issue with Morris that was a that was a free. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, but look, doesn't that doesn't that say it? Like we we've the we've the, I suppose the privilege of watching replays of it there now and and discussing it. Is it a free? Is it not a free? And different opinions, you know, the referees to make it a, a split decision. Forty-four thousand people all baying for their the, for for the decision to go their way in in the you know dying seconds of a huge game. You know that tells you how difficult refereeing is, guys. You know. We are here this morning debating is it or is it not? Like that's a split second decision. And some of them will go your way, Matt, and some of them won't, you know. And you have to you have to accept it, like, you know, that that's the way it is. You know, we've plenty of days there now, and I've heard plenty of Limerick supporters in the last two years saying that everything's going against us and the referees are turning and we're not getting the rub of the green. You know, and look, we got the rub of the green, call it whatever way you want to. I feel we got the rub of the green, and you know what? Isn't it great? You accept it when you get it. And when it doesn't go your way, you have to take it on the chin, then on the other side of it. So, but that will tell you how difficult refereeing is, Matt. We're here debating was oh, it was it uh, three days later, you know. Yeah, absolutely. John Kylie made the, the the point in his post-match interview afterwards when he was asked about that 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 very thing about whether it was a free or not, and he 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 referenced back um, the situation in the 2019 All Ireland final. Or, sorry, all Ireland semi-final with Kilkenny when we were yeah. obviously deprived of a of, of of a 65 right at the death. And he, basically, what he said, you've just got to suck it up and get on with it, you know. And I suppose that is the situation. I agree totally with yeah. you on that. And, yeah. and if memory serves me correct, I think John's post-match interviews after that were we had enough opportunities during the game to win it, and we didn't take them, and and he took it on the That's chin right. that day as well. Yeah, no, that's right. Absolutely, absolutely correct, Morris. Absolutely. Conn was very gracious feat in fairness in 2019. And like to be fair, I don't there's obviously on Twitter you're going to hear a lot of it, but I don't I don't hear Brian Lowen come out or no. like declare players himself saying it. And it's interesting there you talk John Kylie said you just have to move on and deal with it. For Claire, like you know, there is that precedent from last year where they gave it all in the Munster final, came up just short and they got past Wexford, I think it was, but when they got to Kilkenny, they were burnt out, you know. Yeah. Like, can you see a similar thing happening for Clare this year now? I actually think I think they're a better team this year. I think they've a couple of additions. Ed McCarthy back fit, you know. Um, Dave McCar Dave McInerney in great form. I think they're a better team now than they were this time last year. Um, I think they're better equipped. They're a year further down the line. They've last year's experience as well. Um, yeah, they left the, they 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 left themselves down in All Ireland semi final day last year. The only day they left themselves down last year, you know, and. I would say there's a huge intent from them to get themselves back to that day, and because they're in front of them now, Kilkenny in All Ireland semi final, one one hurdle, get it, get up, get over the way, and because they're in front of them to right that wrong for themselves, and you know I, I think to be a, I, I see them getting there, and I, and I see it being a huge Titanic battle. I don't see what happened in last year happen them, but again beating Kilkenny in the semi final, um, four in a row Leinster champions. You saw last year they took us to the took us to the pin of our collar in, in an All Ireland final. So getting back to the final is no easy task for them either. But I think they're better equipped this year. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. But I I think we're a lot of people are kind of writing up Kenny. We will get to we will get to the Leinster final in, in a bit. But 
on the game itself, we talked about the referee decisions and stuff. For me, the biggest difference between the two teams was Aaron Glenn, you know, yeah. and we had a lovely view of it in the second half, um, especially for that goal. But like the, the forwards for Limerick, to be fair, didn't perform that great. I know Tom Morris got three points and so did Dave Reedy, but they kind of came in in sports when really needed for the first hour or so. Aaron was unbelievable. Yeah. Now, it was a bit naive from Claire, but we'll get to that. But how good was Aaron on Sunday? I, I thought it was just a real standout performance from him when you needed it. Uh, I thought he was excellent. Um, just led the line. His movement, his showing for ball was just phenomenal. His first touch then when it was delivered into him was, was unbelievable. You know, I, I thought it was a real, you know, when you needed a guy to stand up. And in fairness to this team, every day somebody stands up, right? Be it Burns, be it Lanigan, whoever. But on, on a Munster final day, Glenn stood up really tall yesterday and, and shone bright and you know, and look he was on I suppose he, he got a, a break where his old uh, arch nemesis wasn't there with him you know so it, it was a day where he had to come out then and, and, and show, show his work you know they've had some battles down through the years uh, so they have so look Aaron probably I was probably delighted not to see him you know because they've had some battles and he, he, he does have a handle on him to be fair but um, Aaron I'd say I was happy man not, not to see him chatting out to him on uh, Sunday. But what a performance from him, yeah. Yeah, and we get to the, the structure, the clear defence. But I think even if Conor Cleary was there, he would have really struggled with Aaron because everything, everything stuck. And you know what, Aaron, he's he's brilliant touch and he's a great hand. But sometimes when a, when a man is on you, you know, drop those balls. But everything that went in stuck. Everything he yeah. shot, like, went over. And he could have had a second goal. But even the way he took his goal, it was just... A player at the apex, you know, on Munster yeah. final day, and I don't think there was any marking him, whatever he did. Well, I just, uh, I, I thought he was sensational for the way, for the way Claire allowed it, though, Jack, right? He was sensational, but I think there's a communication breakdown there where he's, uh, I suppose, yeah, move on to it, but I, I think there's a communication break, breakdown there. Was, was Keel Noel and Call and his centre back back when he saw all those big pockets of space in front of him? You know, you have to be really vocal there when you're in a one-on-one -on -one situation side in the full-back line that you have to protect yourself, protect your team by getting cover back into those pockets. And that wasn't happening. So is it a communication breakdown? You know, would Cleary allow himself to be caught in in there one-on-one, -on -one, ball after ball after ball? I don't think he would, you know. And if, if Cleary was in there, allowed himself that kind of space, yeah, he'll get reddened as well. But I don't think he allows it because he's cute enough He's there long enough, he's vocal enough that he'd have support back, he'd have Conlon back, he'd have, he'd have one of his halfbacks, probably Conlon, sitting a bit deeper, sitting in those pockets of space, cutting that supply line off a bit more. So I thought it was, it was, that's, that was the real thing. Like Defending is huge. Communication in your defence is just massive. You take a big linchpin, your fullback, communicator, leader out of it, um, you could see the cracks then developing. It wasn't just the one-on-one -on -one battle. It was what he, I suppose, orchestrates, how the defence rotates and all that. Yeah, I think some of the narrative around Keenan is a bit unfair because of that. But did you think Clare decided we're going to press up on the Limerick half-forward line? And, you know, they kept him relatively quiet for a large period. Now, Dave really, really came into towards yeah. the end. Tom Morris, he got some big scores. But do you think they said, we'll go man-on-man on Galan and Flanagan? try and curtail yeah. the boys out the field and it, it just kind of blew up in their face really 
Oh, no, I think they, 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 they did go do that. But I think Conlon was kind of caught in no man's land. He wasn't man on mine, nor he wasn't, I suppose, sitting and protecting either. He, he was kind of caught in that, you know, and it's a difficult position for a centre-back when you're, are you being told to push up and you're leaving exposed and you're neither, doing neither then for a finish. He, he wasn't protecting deep and he wasn't pushed up either, you know, so he was kind of caught in that little bit of a no man's land. And that's fine, right, if a team isn't delivering perfect ball in right you would cut out 90 percent of it then but the ball that was coming in was top class and if you look at the goal even right it was it was it was really right conlon's man on the ball why i know was it conlon even after him at that time that'll tell you the pocket of space that's sitting in front of the gland when, when really has the ball and you're just outside the 45 delivering a diagonal ball like that yeah you can't leave your fullback exposed in that situation it just can't happen yeah, far too exposed. Matt, firstly, on Aaron Galan, you know, you've you've seen a lot of great performances from this Limerick team. Where does his performance rank for you? Oh, it it it, it ranks right up there with, with, with the best. I I I think on the on the day that um, Galan was unplayable, irrespective of, of who he was marking, whether it was Keane Nolan, um I think Connor Cleary would have had a difficulty the um afternoon with Aaron Galan. Um uh, even were he there, but uh, I agree totally with Morrison about how Keen Nolan was exposed. But I, I would have, and I, I agree totally that I, I, I thought I would have seen more in terms of protection of a rookie from from the like of John Conlon and David McInerney, because um, I, I, I can only just imagine well Limerick to bring somebody in out of the blue, left cornerback or right cornerback how he would be protected from those around him. And that certainly didn't happen for Keane Nolan on Sunday because he was exposed so often. And um, we, can, we, we can talk all day about the merits of he being selected and we can talk all day about the merits of he being left on or not for 50 minutes. But um, certainly I think those around him, as Morris has rightly pointed out, have, 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 got to, um, have got to take a certain amount of responsibility because... As he as he has rightly pointed out, the pocket that was in front of him, the space that was there for Aaron Gland, like to work in, you know, basically it shouldn't be happening in a monster final. No, I, I don't I'd say on, on the selection thing, Matt, and, and I wouldn't have known. I, I heard a little bit of a narrative that you, you have two cornerbacks there in, in, in Shane Amori and uh Flanagan to come in to that role. But like I would say that's picked on form. And you'd have to say credit to declare um I suppose management team to pick pick on form and yeah it was he a ball to come in he was yeah but if you're showing form and training you're entitled to your opportunity like so I'd say fair enough it's the communication and the fact that he was left one on one with the best forward in the country is is the issue you know um so and again there are there two cornerbacks are great players right but Adam is what's he's his first year senior isn't it like so yeah. again you can't expect leadership there and Rory Hayes is probably his easy easy second or third year like so you're just cut for real experience in the full back line then yeah, but that's that's the point i'm making the experience should, should have come from in front of him rather exactly, than, yeah. than, than beside him you know yeah but i i think you know it's it was very exposed it was very open there was lack of communication but we have seen aaron do this to the to the best yeah. players you know we saw it against you lawler in 19 all Ireland semi-final and die bar last year you know when when he gets going it, it, it's very hard to stop him and then for for Aaron, you know, that he obviously got tired towards the end and Shane Amore came on, but really important from Limerick that, you know, Adam English came on. It was his championship debut, you know, 
got a lovely score, was unlucky with another, and, and Carl O'Neill came on and got two that even without Keen Lynch and without Sean Finn, that there's still boys delivering, you know, from all over the field. And those are two lads that played 20s last year. Colin Coughlin came on the last two days that this team, it, it's starting to get a freshness again because, you know, a lot of these boys have been there for, throughout this entire journey. But there are some lads just popping up, you know, Graham Mulcahy has been around for 15 years and he got his start and Dave Reedy now has won six Munsters that you mentioned it with Kalan. It's not always the same faces, but important that, you know, the likes of English and O'Neill really made their mark in the cauldron that was the Munster final. Yeah, wasn't it brilliant to see a couple of new faces and uh, uh, was Adam English first touch of the ball over the bar in, in going down the straight, real pressure, you know. So yeah. that'll tell you, I suppose, confidence he has to take that shot on and was fantastic to see it. Fantastic to see the new faces. Great to see Cochran coming on there and the trust in him there to throw him in there wing back for the last 20 minutes of the game like that, you know, and that shows the face and it's brilliant to see them beginning to break through there now and you're developing that squad panel. And again, a couple of younger guys there, uh, I suppose, coming on. Shane O'Brien is also in the background there as well. So there's huge, huge talent coming, but she's always delighted to see Adam take on that shot and first touch the ball and, Championship hurling to do that. Jesus, that's the future hold for him. Brilliant. Yeah, and then you know, conversely, then with, with Colin Cock coming on, Kyle had to move into the middle, and we would have said Declan Hannon is so key to everything good about Limerick as an anchor defence. But I thought Kyle was phenomenal there, and you obviously had him at, at number six in, in 2017. And yeah. you know, there's pros and cons to playing him there because he obviously can't get as forward as much. But if you need an anchor of defence, he, he is an excellent line to Declan. Ah, he's excellent, like, and, the, and the options are great there. You saw, you saw Dan coming out centre back there. I suppose, uh, and he went back in the last day as well. You know, but Dan, Dan can hold that centre back role well. Kyle can hold that centre back role, um. So it's brilliant to see that flexibility, you know. And look, we need that, like, because Declan's kind of picking up. I suppose it's nearly something slightly different every day. You know, he's not getting the full seventy minutes out of himself and. Going down the straight, you'd, you'd like to hope he he'll get that. I think we'll need it for him, you know, and and uh, and keep that structure. But um, yeah, sure, Jesus, Sean Kyle in centre back for the last twenty minutes of a monster final. There isn't that's a, that's a fair luxury to and bringing on a, another monster alongside him and Colin Coughlin. Like there's many teams can can do that. So it's just the depth is, is brilliant and, and needed. Yeah, and talking about that depth and you know you played monster championship, you played Leinster championship, and you know it's hard enough to win one game, but to win five provincial titles in a row in. In a place like Munster, where you have, you know, five really good teams every single year, you know, will, it, will an achievement like that ever really be fully appreciated? You know, it's such a hectic nature to the Harlan calendar. When would you be able to sit back and say that was actually incredible? Ah, oh, Jesus, I think you can do it now. I think it's a phenomenal achievement. It, it, like, like let's let's well, look at the Munster Championship for what it is right now. Like, it's probably at its peak. Uh, of its ever because of the round robin nature where we've 11 games right versus before you could win a monster championship winning two games now to win a monster championship right you have five games right five titanic battles right can you you can afford a loss yeah which we took it on the chain right but to come back from it then as well so i i i think it's just a phenomenal achievement to do now we've done it both ways the covid years where the, it was was uh the old style knockout championship as well and and we did it that way um, but to 
between how many how many just three of them around robins i think were there of the five three around robins yeah so like that that yeah. shows a huge consistency guys um and it's uh, i think it's out achieves anything in the monster championship scene previously where you could win a monster and look kilkenny down through the years in four in a row one now as well but how many leinsters have kilkenny won where you just get a buy into that semi-final and it was two games and you had a leinster championship whereas this is i think winning a, a monster championship in this era is just off the charts it's, it's fantastic um so yeah. i don't think that i think that achievement of five in a row now way outweighs anything before just out of the structure that we have and titanic battles and how many times has there been in the past where a Limerick ourselves weren't at it for years? Clare weren't at it. You've Waterford weren't at it. Fairness to Chip and Cork, they're, they're usually at it, right? But you've all teams at it now, right? Waterford maybe a little bit off. But it was a savage Clare team. Cork coming, Tip coming, Limerick there. You've, you've as most times, you've never been better. And and to win it and win five of them, like, it's just, just a phenomenal achievement. And, and I know you'll, you'll talk that is it structures down the line and the conversation will happen in a couple of years but monster championship has to be protected at all costs because it's just is the gift that keeps on giving yeah and i mean I'll, I'll get to you in in a while about your um about the five in a row but while we have morris we might just jump to leinster morris because obviously that plays a huge role in the championship as well and it was definitely shadow boxing in the round robin between galway and kilkenny yeah. but we saw more of what those two teams are about and you know, Kilkenny or or never beaten, I think is the the key thing to take from that. But what was your overall summation of, of that game? You know, in terms of if you first of all, if you had a pecking order, you, you've Limerick won, but do Kilkenny go ahead of Clare, or would you still have Munster ahead of Leinster going down the line? Uh look, I I think you've a you've a yeah you've Limerick won, but Limerick closer to the pack than I've ever been because the pack is getting better, and and you certainly have. I, I suppose Kilkenny bang there, Galway bang there. I think Clare on a par with them, and no more than that. I think they're two serious teams coming out of Leinster, and I think Tip are, I suppose, a big forgotten about team there now at the moment that are going to going to burst back into the championship again and are going to be huge contenders. I think it's Tip Galway lads, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so like it, how, how many how many great games have they served up, you know? And if you win that game. You're, you're you're facing into us with huge confidence again like so it's i think there's there's five teams and look yeah my discount on my own account to dublin there i probably am a little bit but just five teams that are i suppose bang there with ambitions to win in all ireland and uh, limerick being slightly ahead of the pack right but i mean slightly ahead of the pack because they know how to win tight games is that that's what we're seeing now like the ability to win tight games and nobody else is showing that, but I think the rest of them are bang there and with a, with a huge shout here going down the straight. And do you think Limerick's five in a row has taken away from the fact that Kilkenny have done four in a row and, you know, it's it's not as strong in Leinster, but they're always, they've, they've faced a good Wexford side for a number of years. The Galway side are always delivering that, you know, they, they weren't that far from, from Limerick last year. They got the league final. They've, they won the 20s last year that, I think Kilkenny will be very happy that Limerick are taking all attention off them. Yeah, Jesus, uh, so Limerick or Kilkenny are, are always bang there, you know. Like, you, you, if when's the last time they weren't in an All Ireland semi final, you know? So, I, I, they're bang there. They're a great side. They're winning underage. Kieran's College are, are are still producing players. Um, 
Jesus, uh, they probably one of the in with Aaron Glenn, you're probably the, the best forward in the country, you know, and Cody up top for him as well, you know. Um and just look at look at the excitement when they got the goal. That's you know, there, there was a time when winning a Leinster in Kilkenny was I remember standing in the pitch in Croke Park lads and, and Michael Finley went up and uh he, he was a sub on the day and went up and collected the Bob O'Keefe in his in his tracksuit and there was no excitement, there was, there was no euphoria of any description. So it was just another day picking up maybe what was it? Could have been ten in a row at the time, um, and no excitement at all in it. And, and sure, we were we were on the pitch, devastated, looking at it. Jesus, if we won it, what we what would we be doing? Look what they're look what it's like for them now to win a Leinster championship. They're appreciating it because Galway are probably there pushing them hard. So, but Kilkenny are there, and they're going to be a huge huge obstacle in the All Ireland series for everybody. Yeah, and Matthew jumping in there. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I agree basically with, with Morris's analysis there going forward of what, what um, you know, of, of the All-Ireland series landscape. But I, I'm just wondering a small bit about Dublin and uh, I'm wa- wondering about the impact of the defeat on Clare, um, Morris. And, and um, Dublin are going to have the benefit and I, I, I presume that they will get over Carlo. But Michal, I don't know who's doing a very, very good job in Dublin. And I'm just wondering, may Dublin be a bit of a banana skin for Clare? No, no, they're de- they definitely are, right? I suppose when I say this culture, are they, are they capable of producing a, a performance to take down any one of the teams that are there? They certainly are. And they have a top forward in Donald Burke who's shooting the lights out every day. So they have the capabilities of taking down anyone. I suppose for me, is have they the capabilities of taking down three of them? I suppose eh, 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 going down the straight, I don't think they have, but have the ability taken down a big name, right? Then that's clear now facing them. You know they do, yeah. Clear would want to be, want to be ready for it. Um, with me all done who season all Ireland winning manager coming, he's one of the best forwards in the country there. If Owen O'Donnell, they've they're building a nice team. I suppose they've lost the, the, the Chris Crummies and the Liam Rushes and Conor Callens, but they're building an, a new team really. You know, and, and it's coming along nicely for them. Getting out of Leinster was huge. But there's a freedom there now with Dublin. They've got out of Leinster, right? That's probably the objective for the season. Get out of the Leinster Championship. So it's a real free hit for them. Um, you know, so, and they won't fear taking on Clare. Like, I can guarantee you that they'll have a right rattle at it. And um just getting back, Jack, to the, the to the, the the Munster final. And um we focus pretty much on 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 um the inclusion and uh, allowing um Keane uh, Keen Nolan to be on the field for 50 minutes. But um I I don't know the circumstances, but the taking off of Adrian McCarthy, of Aidan McCarthy, um, I don't know if he was injured or whether if 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 it was tactical. But I think if it was if it was tactical, I, I I'm not so sure that it was the right move because in a tight situation, you want to ensure the one thing you need to ensure is that your 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 free taker is on the money. Now it's it's pretty widely known that Tony Kelly doesn't like the free taking duties, and um, he he missed one or two, and you 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 wonder was that another one of the 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 decisive moments in the final? Yeah, no, you, you, yeah, you'd have to say it was. You know, he's a dead eye free taker, Ed McCarthy. Now he wasn't rolling from from play, so I can understand why the why the call was made. But yeah, in hindsight, you'd say, yeah. And but look, they also had Peter Duggan on the on the pitch, who's a, who's a, I suppose a recognised free taker as well. They took him off also. That, that was the one I, I found strange as well because they were playing it was kind of a bit of an aerial bombardment for the last twenty minutes, and 
I saw Aaron Shanahan getting ready and we're like, oh, here it comes again. But the surprising part, I found more so than David McCarthy was Peter Duggan was taken off for, for Shanahan. So I, I thought just the way they were playing, the way they were going about it, it was bombing ball down the middle, bombing puck outs down the middle. It was tailor-made to leave Duggan in there with Shanahan. And yeah, you need your free taker as well, right? So, But again, if fate Tony, right? So look, he missed him, but yeah, you'd say he's not, uh, I suppose, not comfortable in the freeze maybe, but but again, you know, so if you're turning around to your number two free taker and it's Tony Kelly, I can understand why they'd make the call, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying Tony Kelly is a bad free taker, but he doesn't have the same level of consistency in free taking that Aidan McCarthy had. And yeah. I, you know, um, for maybe for Aidan McCarthy's short shortcomings in open play, I would have thought that would be absolutely essential that you mac you maximised everything from dead ball situations in a game that was, you know, for, right from the start was heading to be very very tight. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. Well, it was. It was a little bit. Strange match, to be fair, definitely. Yeah, I just I think Tony Kelly is, is a good enough free taker that if your first choice free taker isn't going well, that you can you know you can bank on Tony. And look, there's no guarantee that Aiden would have would have scored that one or two. It was it was a tough one. The one I'm remembering is over under the Mackey. It's a very tough free for anyone. But um, before before you go, Morris, just the impact for Limerick in Kilkenny now to have a break for four weeks after. Kenny played six games. No, they weren't six hugely intense games now, but Limerick had five really hard games. Kilkenny had six games. It's such a bonus to win your 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 province now. Before it was kind of seen as a hindrance to get straight there, but now to have that break, rest the bodies, you know, Kilkenny have a couple of injuries, like Vader Mullen, them Limerick obviously with Keane and Declan now that it's it's very hard to see past either of them getting to the All Ireland final because of that break. I know. I think the break now, as you said, it was six weeks before. It was, it was, it was too long, right? But it, the month really is, is, it's hitting it on the money, right? The four weeks to get themselves right. I think the key for Limerick is, as you, as you pointed out there, it's can you get Keane Lynch to a position now in the next four weeks where, where he's, I suppose, a, a viable option now. You know, look, obviously he wasn't a viable option this weekend because you'd, you'd have seen him if he was, right? So obviously he's car carrying something or there, there's some niggle there somewhere. But you know. What what a, an addition Keane would be to to it now, facing into an All Ireland semi final. If you, you put him back into the mix as well, so it's huge, absolutely huge for Limerick that we got through that. That they've time now to get, I suppose, the body is ready. But but for me, it's it's can you get Keane on the pitch now for an All Ireland semi final? And reversely, with Kilkenny, it's it's huge for them because they have a similar situation where they have Adrian Mullen. Uh, all accounts, he, he's he's I suppose on target or close enough to being back for All Ireland semi final stage, and what an addition he'll be to them now that they're secured into a semi final. So two big players there for for I suppose one one of each to, to come back into it, and it's huge that they're there while everyone else now can have a hop off each other for the next three weeks that they're sitting in the wings, priming, getting themselves ready, getting a rest. So it's massive winning the Munster last now is massive for the break. Yeah, Matthew, you're Japan. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I agree totally with 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 Morris and that analysis. But the one reservation I would have about it is that um, their opponent, Limerick's opponents in the semi final, may be Tipperary, who will have who will have two good games under their belt in the meantime, and will have a bit of momentum and will still have a partner to prepare for for the for the All Ireland yeah. semi final and. We we know the importance of, of of momentum going into big games. 
Yeah, no, 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 definitely. But I look, I think we have a two, Matt. I think we have good momentum there. You know, you've 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 a serious block there put down in the last six, seven weeks. You know, um, and I think the experience on our side, you know, you know, we're going to turn up, right? So like, there's no fear there. Limerick are going to turn up and perform on a given day. So that's a, that's a certainty now, right? Um, but it's having freshness and can you add Keane back in? Like for me, if you put Keane back into the mix there, I, I think it's huge. And I suppose the signs are on. If we look back, guys, two years ago, we were beating teams by an average of 10 points. Keane was central to that. He was your centre forward. He's pulling all the strings. Right? And I was looking at an hour, uh, some stat there lately that over the last 12 or 13 championship games that Limerick have played, it's two to three points. I'm not sure exactly, but it's they're all going down to the wire, guys. And for me, there's a missing link is is Keane, you know. Yeah. Everything used to stop and start with him. He was a vital cog in the middle of everything we did. Right, so can you get him back on the pitch? Yeah. And it's a big ass task him to come back on the pitch and to be back to that kind of a level, but just his presence alone. Uh, and the thing I know that when he was on the pitch against Cork and we needed to win two puck outs, where did they go? Straight down top of himself and Groot. And who who ended up with the ball in his hand is Keane. Now, that's the kind of influence the man has. So can we get him back on the pitch? Jesus, if we do, what, what an addition. Yeah, we're, we're laughing I then. Couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Jack. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The, um, the importance of Keane Lynch like, is, is just simply phenomenal. It, it, it's immeasurable. His 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 importance as a player and and his influence as a player, as Morris has has, has rightly said, and like his cameo against Cork, um, just gives you a taste of the importance he is to the overall Limerick team, you know, and the the, the success that we have enjoyed over the last five years. Uh, absolutely, it is the. It, it is the missing link going into the concluding stages of the championship. If, he can finally shed off, off, off all those injuries that 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 have bedeviled him really since since um, you know since against Waterford last year in the Munster Championship when he came, yeah. when he came up first he, he has he has you know he has had a very very bad run but his importance to Limerick is you, you just can't calculate it no, no. you you can't um, Morris you've been very good with your time but before before we go. Who will be that Iron finalist? Do you think now that we're down, uh, we're down to six? Jesus, down to eight, look, I, I think we've a couple of Titanic battles coming up. We saw last year the battle we had with Galway, right? And and I don't envisage anything different. I think it'll be that kind of a Titanic battle. And I, I back our lads, as I said, knowing how to win and how to eke out those results going down the straight and pro Park. I says I back ourselves to be there. The other side of it, I, I'm expecting a repeat of last year's semi-final to Kenny Clare. Um, I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be dead. Uh, I think it's going to makings of the of a game of the championship. To be honest with you, I, I think Clare is, is coming for redemption. And as much and all as I wouldn't like to see them coming again, I have a, I have a funny feeling we'd be looking at Clare in a final. Yeah, Limerick. It does. It does yeah. feel like it's going that way. But I think the cats. We'll definitely have, have a lot to say, as well as Galway and Tip, as you mentioned. So. You're right, you're after Pearl, aren't you? Yeah, you do, you do. Um, Morris, that's brilliant. Um, again, kept you way longer. 
than we had told you, but I think everyone knows this days it'll be a lot longer. What a weekend to look back on anyway. It's grand when Limerick are winning, but Morris, much appreciated your time. Um, I'm sure we'll be back in touch and thank God we've been all Ireland semi-final at the least. Look forward to them. We can relax and look at the, the prelims and the quarters in the meantime. So thanks a million, Morris. Thanks, guys. Best of luck. Thank you. Talk, thanks, talk guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Now, former uh, All-Ireland Under-21 uh, winner with Limerick and a Leinster winner with Dublin, Morris O'Brien there, looking back on the weekend's action. Um, Matt, I suppose I, I asked Morris, he's pecking order, and he said there's, there's, like, there's five teams in with a, in with a shout, and Dublin are, are there, you know, as a potential skin for another team. But how would you rank the, 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 the eight remaining teams, if you want, with Carlo and Offaly and that as well? Um, I think I think Limerick will be in the final, but um, it may not be Galway in the semi final. Okay, I think I, 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 I think it might be Tipperary in the semi final. I, I, you know, Liam Cahill has gone away, put his head down, um, smarting from that defeat against Waterford. If he gets a few bodies back, and I'm hearing that there are a few coming back or closing in on, on, a, on a return. Um, I I think Tipperary may have a say in it, and I wouldn't be hundred percent sure that it will be a Limerick Galway semi final. Even though I, I I have said from the outset that the biggest threat to Limerick is going to come from either Galway or Tipperary, and I still stand by that because it could be a difficult semi final. Now on the other on the other hand, I, I I'm just wondering how Clare are going to pick themselves up after the defeat in the in the Gaelic grounds. Because if you look back, last 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 year's monster final after extra time, last this year's monster final, um, by a point you would have said they would say that they lost it in controversial circumstances. That maybe the game should have gone to extra time had Tony Kelly got that free and what have you. I think Dublin is a banana skin for Clare, but they would really probably is. get over it. Then if they get over it, I'm not so sure they'll get over Kilkenny. I'm looking at Limerick and Kilkenny again. Yeah, I I'd be the same as you. Um, I think I think if if Galway and Tipper another side of the draw, we could be looking at one of those. But I don't think they'll beat Limerick, and I do think Kilkenny have enough for whoever comes down their way. Um, I just can't see Limerick and Clare again this year. I think that's that. Even though it's written in the stars that they'll meet again, I just for me. I don't see it, but then again, um, looking at my Munster predictions, I was completely wrong. I said Cork and Waterford to join Limerick, but we did get the delivery. Two, two years ago, Jack, two years ago, it was written in the stars that Waterford and Limerick would meet in the Munster and All Ireland finals. We know what happened. Yeah, we know exactly. We know what happened. Um, and before we move from from the the Munster final, you know, we spoke a lot there about Keen Lynch and how important he is to the side, but that's not to discredit. Um, I suppose David Reedy is the obvious one because he, he started at centre forward or the likes of Carl O'Neill who's, who's played there in Keane's absence because to be fair and we mentioned with Morris the other lads have really stood up and were counted you know that we saw that Limerick team now without Keane Lynch and where it was so detrimental last year when he was originally gone you're just disappointed for him and you're disappointed for the game itself but You've no fear of the likes of a David Reedy starting out in the forward or a Cahill O'Neill and Adam English coming in, a Colin Coughlin going to win a wing back. 
Rich English coming in. We've no Sean Finn as well. That regardless of the hand that's been dealt to Limerick, you know, John Kiley's team are finding the way. The players are stepping up to the plate. And it's disappointing that you're without your best players. You always want them. But the lads on the fringes, the next in line, are really delivering. And it's so crucial when you're going for five in a row in Munster and four in a row in Ireland. You're not dependent on one lad. You'd love them all to be there. But the, the fringe lads are really setting it up and, and are being counted for. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like The, the contribution of Cahal O'Neill, um, whether off the bench or whether starting during this year's Munster Championship has, has, has been excellent, absolutely excellent. And, and I think it slipped under the radar a small bit, Jack, um, the quality of his goal against Cork. Um, yeah. the, the amount of work and the skill that he showed in finishing it after taking the pass from Will Modunahu, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think that's one of the goals of the year. But there was very, very little made of it, and 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 incorrectly so, in my opinion. And we we saw in the cameo what Adam English brings to the table. And I, I have been saying for a long, long time that I, I have no problem with Colin Cochran in any position in, 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 in the defence. And I, um, I, I think he has vindicated my opinion in the last two games in particular when he came on into very, very difficult situations and when Limerick were closing out games against Cork and against Clare and more than played his part. And I, I, I think Colin Cochran is, you know, is a very, very, very adequate replacement um, uh, very and is really, really knocking on the door to 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 get to get into that team, and um, yeah, I, look, but look, your your original question, Jack, to me, and you know, you know my position on 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 Keen Lynch, and I've got into a bit of trouble over it, but um, it, it it hasn't changed. You know, being without Keen Lynch is like Hamlet without the Prince, in my opinion. Um, like he is, he to me is the greatest player I ever saw, and possibly I, I would argue the greatest player of all time. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's phenomenal what Limerick have achieved without, without a player of that caliber, yeah. But they continue to achieve, and players are, are stepping up to the mark. And such a joyous occasion in the two scale of crowns, these are really special times to be living in. and you know, I think I speak for the county when I say we appreciate those lads so much. The players on the field, the likes of John and Paul and Alan and Donald off the field, and you know all the people involved, lads that are feeding them, and you know getting. You mentioned the Gaelic crowns, the likes of Mike and those, and Seamus getting the grounds ready and just the occasion. Even the tunnel into where the players are going now, that was decorated with images of players gone gone by and this current team as well. So. You know, it's a real special time to be from Limerick. And as Declan Hannon said, we're we're not getting tired of it. They're not getting tired of it. So there's more good days no, down the line. You know, doors behind the scenes, as John Kylie rightly referenced, from Mike Reardon down and um, County Board and all those, um, they, they, they have risen to the occasion and they, 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 they have risen to the new place that Limerick find themselves in. And uh, there's no doubt at all about that. And... Um, um, like they really, really put their best foot forward um, last Sunday. Like everything was in ship shape, and um, you know when it when it came down that liaison with the guardie about parking and traffic and everything like that. Like 
you know, I I came in, I, I I got into the car and um, maybe a half an hour, forty minutes a, a, after the game, and from the time I sat into it, I, I was parked at the back of the 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 open stand there. It took us about five to six minutes to get from where the car was parked right up to at Lunkett Street. Um, that will give you an idea of of of, of the organisation, and that that is a step of what over two miles. So, mm. like everything, you know, worked like clockwork um, in the stadium, around the stadium, in the stadium precincts, and um, and in with regard to parking and everything, you know, it it made what was a special occasion a very special occasion. Yeah, and I suppose it's it's the last big Munster Harland game for the year in in the two scale of crowns. But what a way to conclude the Munster Championship with Limerick. Five in a row. Um, I said I'd come back to you on that, Matt. Like, but sometimes, sometimes, know. Jack, we would be arguing, and I suppose it's a bit of parochialism that's in us all. Like, why such and such a big game um, isn't is, isn't done in the Gaelic grounds? But I, I, I think the Gaelic grounds and everybody um, connected with send out a lo- message loud and clear: we are here, we can handle the best, and. Um, uh, they would be handing another big game at the weekend when Cork and Mayo meet in what's a very, very important um, Sam Maguire Cup um, group group stage. It's the final game of the group stage, so oh, you know it won't be it won't be near as big a crowd. But there will be a big crowd there to handle. And we saw how the the Gaelic grounds handled um, the All Ireland semi final between Kerry and Mayo in the past, but certainly I I, I think the logistics and the organisation last Sunday was absolutely second to none, and a credit to everybody. And we're, we're proud we're Limerick. Thank God yeah, we're Limerick. Thank God we're Limerick is right. Um, but you did mention the the football at the weekend, and obviously there's a huge game for Limerick as well there in Talton Cup action. Um, they host Leash at three o'clock this Saturday in the two Skeller Crowns, and we caught up with Pat Ranahan during the week to look forward to that game. Now, Pat, Talton Cup quarterfinal this weekend against Leash this Saturday, three o'clock in the two Skeller Crowns. What's your overall reading of the game? Well, I suppose three or four days out. Um, it's it's fifty fifty to be honest with you. Uh, I was looking at the preliminary quarterfinals last weekend and. No matter what way you kind of saw it, especially with the way the draw, you couldn't meet teams that you'd already played in the group. No matter what way you looked at it, it was going to be a good team coming through out of it. Um, did I think Leash were going to beat Fermena? I didn't I didn't write him off, but you'd have gone for Fermena, especially that Leash had to travel up there, and it's never easy to go up to the Ulster Counties and come away with a win, uh, especially Fermena at home of such a good record. And for them to do that, it's impressive. So... It's a game that Limerick can win. It's a Limerick. It's a game that Limerick have at home in the Gaelic grounds where they've played well over the last two years. So, if you'd have said to Mark Fitz and the lads at the start of this competition, you're going to have a home quarter final um, to get to an All Ireland semi final in it, um, they'd, they'd have definitely taken it. So, it's just about turning up now and performing on on, on Saturday. How hard would it be to you know just forget about that Wicklow performance? It was a dead rubber, so it didn't really make much difference. But Limerick come into the game off the back of a loss, Leash coming in off the back of a win. So you do have to depart that weekly result. Yeah, if you just take Leash, first of all, like it, it's their first win in the competition, which is is mad. Like they had two draws and a loss in the group and got out of it. 
and went up there and won. And you really can't put a figure on how important that is for a group to get a win, especially I can imagine that bus home and that dressing room afterwards, they were buzzing. Like I just think back to us in 2011 when we were having a desperate year and we played awfully inside the, the Gaelic grounds and nobody gave us a hope. And we won that match and the buzz you get off of it. Like I know Leash are going out now on their third week in a row and people will say they're tired. Yeah, but you're never tired when you're winning. That's the thing. So when they won last week, they'll be buzzing and training this week, coming down. It's a short trip from down the road, you know, from Port Leash down to here. It's very, it's very quick, all motorway. So there's it's not like they'll be killed from that either. So they'll be buzzing for it. Um Limerick on the other hand, like you know, they've had a they've had a very good Talton up until the last round. We all know what what that they probably took their eye off the ball there. Um traveling up to Port Leash with one or two changes. It wasn't wholesale changes, so it wasn't like the whole team was changed. There was still 12, 13 lads there who'd be expected to get a starting place on, on Saturday. So look, I think Mark Fitz, you could see it in his his uh, demeanor after the game. He kind of he realized and it's something that we've realized a long time with any Limerick football team. Like if you're not on it on the day, like the, the the margins of performance drop way off. So you'd hope that just the realization on the day that it wasn't that, that important the game, that the attitude would be much different on Saturday. Because look, it is a huge, huge game. You've an Ireland semi final in Croke Park as as your goal, as your award. If you if you turn up and perform, and given given the, the performance against Clare and Munster, against the very impressive performances against Longford and Carlow. You would hope that's the Limerick that are going to the rock on to the Gaelic grounds on Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned there, but it, it, it's important to come into the game as winning. And but at the same time, does the last Wicklow and also Leash's kind of surprise win over Fermanagh refocus the minds for Limerick? It is though, yeah. Like there's not like a loss to to get the coaching and management and even the players to examine. Okay, we need to get back to what got us to this level, you know and. Losses, what's it, you win or you learn? And you'd hope that they learned a lot from Wicklow, especially around, look, I've said it, it's just about the attitude. Like, when these lads go at it properly, um, we've seen it over the last couple of years, what they're capable of. Um, they have a few players back. I know Ian got a full, got, got back, Ian Corbett got a start against Wicklow. Um, there, there might be a worry around one of the full back line for the next day, which which is unfortunate because Leach's strongest line looks to be their full forward line. We have no Carl, Owen Lowry, Paul Kingston up in their forwards. Leash have always had very, very good forwards. It's just, I suppose, they're coming in now. They, they didn't rack up a massive score against Fermanagh, but you're never going to, the way they play. So they're always very tight. Getting the win up there, you could see in the reaction afterwards from the highlights that were on the Sunday game. Like They were buzzing after it. Billy Sheen's probably lighting it up now inside and training about coming down to Limerick. Like they, Le Leash will, will never... Fear Limerick, you know, that's just the way it is. They could be losing every match the whole year and they'll come down expecting to win. But from Limerick's point of view, they travelled up to Leash last year in a really crucial game in the league and they got a win there. Now, I know the Leash team is a bit different, but that Limerick team, a lot of those fellas are, are left and they know they can do it. But it's one thing knowing it. They have to turn up now and perform. And you'd hope the Wicklow result was just one to give a bit of a a boot and a wake up call to say, okay, lads, we need to we need to get back to what it got us here. And I'm sure they will because they had a two that's that's not, that's gonna be a two week gap between that game and then this game. Matt, I'll throw it over to you there. Yeah, I was just thinking there, Pan, you were referencing and it was a very, very good win in Fermanagh because I suppose it's fair to say, um, re reading reading some of the narrative before the the, the Tarleton Cup Fermanagh would be one of the fenced sides in it. But how how much 
Um, how much did the sending off of Ryan Jones before half time um, from Fermanagh open the door for Leash? And um, oh, yeah. it was the only one by two points. Yeah, and actually, when I saw that, and I saw Leash were up at half time, I said, "Okay, that game is that game is done now because they're down a man for the majority of the game, and they're down a cup. They were I think they were down. Leash were up two points at half time." And in that third quarter, then Fermanagh came out and just rattled off three or four scores and went up two. And you're kind of thinking, okay, is is that the end of Leash's kind of run of it? But I suppose it shows that they were they were anxious to get to keep in this competition. Like they could have easily said, okay, we're, it's just not running for us today. We've gotten the extra man up. We were leading, and now we're behind. And I think Mark Timmons, who's 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 starting thirty seven, like so, he's putting a lot of us to shame. Still playing intercounty at, at his age, but he scored some vital goals from in recent times and. That gives them the boost. But yeah, having the extra man on a day like that with so much heat around the place, I was just reading, it was a very hot day up there. Like it's a massive thing. And just coming back to our own side, like discipline is going to be a crucial thing on Saturday because uh, looking through the Talton Cup, I don't know what it is. It, there seems to be a lot more red cards and black cards been dished out in the Talton than there is in, in the in the, in the Sam Maguire. So I don't know what that's down to, but you just can't afford in the open spaces, the Gaelic grounds especially, to be down a man because it's hard enough to chase the ball down when you've got 15 and 15. But if you're down a man on Saturday, it's a it's a massive pitch inside there. Like it feels great when you have the ball inside there, but it feels desperate when you're chasing it. And to be fair to Limerick, they have worked over the last couple of years on getting possession of their own kickouts in particular. And like that'll be a massive thing on, on Saturday again. And yeah, just come back to your point. Look, it's, it was a great win from up there. They were helped with the extra men. Limerick certainly don't need to be helping them out with that scenario on Saturday. But, um, Pa, you, you would have to say, I suppose, um, it was the one bright spark in what was, to date, a very disappointing um, year to date for Leash. Like, because, I suppose, starting off in the league, there were firm favourites to come out of Division 4. That didn't happen. They ran up against Dublin then in the Leinster Championship, and we know what happened there. And as you rightly pointed out, they didn't win a game in the group stages. So it's very, very hard to determine where Leash are at. And um, I take your point that there, there is no medicine like winning. And um, But, you know, they've had a very indifferent season. Not that we've had a, a barnstorming season or anything like that. Far from it. But, like, we, we, we certainly seem to turn a corner when we face there in the Munster Championship. Yeah, I'd agree with you around Leash. Like they, they would have been definitely everyone's pick to get out of Division Four. Like, and they actually started. I remember with a, they went up to Sligo and they beat them by two goals above there. And you were definitely saying, okay, that's that's the game now. That was the banana skin. But then I suppose they lost against Wicklow at home, and they went up to Leitrim and lost, and they they lost out head to head then against Wicklow, getting out of the group, and that must have been a massive, massive blow to the to the group, especially after starting with a win in Sligo. And like you said, they had, they had an early win in in the in Leinster and then they got the absolute the last by 20, 25 or 6 points against Dublin and then they came out in the Talton and they do what they did in the group stages and then they go to Fermanagh so they're, it's, but coming back to the last game they played was a win in a knockout game and you, you it's very easy to forget about everything else that happened before that if you're a player because all you can see is that okay I'm buzzing now we're on the road, we're one match away from that's the thing, the carrot for both teams is a, a day out in Croke Park, a double header with the Talton Cup semi-finals, which is, if you would have said to me going into this, what's what's the aim for Limerick? What does a good Talton Cup look like for Limerick? 
I just said getting to semi-final would have been a like I know people say okay well, you have to win it if you're in it but getting to semi-final would have been a massive thing I would have said to get to that level to get to Croke Park again for this group after being there last year in the league final like a quarter final being honest was was the min- not the minimum but it was what what we expected of Limerick haven't seen them over the years but getting to a semi-final and winning that match on Saturday would would I would regard as a successful end to the season. You don't want it to end there if you get there, obviously, but it's a great opportunity. Look, they don't have to go on the road. They're at home on a pitch they're, they're very comfortable with. They've played their loads of times over the last two years. They found a bit of form. There's, a, there's players coming back. The likes of Hugh Burke is back. Um, you're just looking to turn up and perform. That's the thing, because you definitely don't want to end, end the year with any regrets. If you play well and you lose, you take it. But if, if they play well on Saturday, I think the result will, will look after itself, I'd hope. And do you think there's yeah, a good for itself? Look, if they, if they do what they like, the good thing about the system they've played Jack over the last two years is there's nothing fancy to it. Like they 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 try and keep their own possession, their own kickouts. They press the opposition's kickouts when they have it. They don't generally waste the ball. Against Clare was a big return to form. Like that that game showed real like okay, this is the Limerick that we've seen in 2022. That we saw regularly in 2022, like that you could actually say there was consistency of performance, and that was there again against Longford and Carlow. I wouldn't write off the Wicklow game at all. You know, it is what it is. Didn't turn up and didn't perform, so that would have been a a, a blot on the copybook. But it's a blot on the copybook that you can learn from. And I'm sure Mark Fitz and the lads will be saying, "Look, lads, this is what happens when we don't, when we're not at it, when we're not tuned in." And the carrot being what it is of a Croke Park semi-final and All Ireland semi-final in Croke Park. If you're not tuned in for for the match Saturday with that in mind, you never will be. And having the extra bit of experience back around the place hopefully will help. No, that was Paran and looking forward to this weekend's game, Matt. And I suppose, you know, this team has promised a lot. It was obviously a a really good game against Clare and two wins to start and then the last. But do you see them, just a prediction, can you see them getting over the line on on Saturday and getting into a semi-final, which... We had benchmarked as where they should be aiming for the start of the year. I do, Jack. I I I I think we will. Notwithstanding the 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 um the performance against Wicklow, um, and I'm just wondering about the frame of mind in the game against Wicklow because, um, you know, these dead rubber games, you you you'd wonder about the value of playing them at all. But I, I I know in the circumstances, and I think at one stage Wicklow didn't want to play it. But certainly for the integrity of the competition, these things have to be played out. But um, in in terms of the performance against Wicklow, for, for Mark Fitzgerald and his management team, Jack, it might be just a very very nice and timely wake up call. Um, and um, like uh, we were of the opinion from the start before, even before the Longford game, when when we spoke about it, and as you said there, rightly said, we were benchmarking it. Um, like we, we were saying that we were expecting Limerick to be in the mix in the last four. So, um, I certainly haven't changed my mind about that. I haven't yeah. changed my mind about that. Now, Leash were were um, rank outsiders going to Fermanagh. Last last um, last Saturday, and they, they came away with a scalp because Fermanagh were one of the fancy teams in this competition, Jack. Yeah. And but but um, but 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 the story behind the final scoreline was, of course, that that Ryan Jones um, 
the Fermanagh talisman um, himself and Sean Quigley would be their two key players. Um, Ryan Jones, a huge player for Fermanagh for the last, God knows how long, seven or eight years. He he, he saw a red card before half time. So um, that that should feed into the narrative. Now, look, we've got to have the utmost respect for Leash. They 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 come in on a win, um, um, and and a win away from home. And it, it 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 will boost their confidence. But if you look back at their at their year, it 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 has been very mixed, Jack. Um, at, at the outset of the national league, we we would have expected Leash to be automatically getting out of Division Four. Didn't happen. Mm. You know, so. then then they had the misfortune of having to face Dublin in 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 the seeing a football championship quarter-final and conceded six goals and 30 points. You know, they, they, they failed to win a game in the group stages and it, it was only a Nile Corbett point in the very, very last minute that forced the draw with London. Other than that, they were out of the Tarleton Cup. So, yeah. but look, yeah. there, there, there's, a, there's a turning point for everybody because Limerick had their turning point when they faced Clare in the Munster Championship, even though they didn't win the game. Yeah. But maybe Leach's maybe Leach's turning point now is against Fermanagh. So they've they've got to be respected. And they've you know, it it it's it, it's not going to be a gimme. No, it definitely won't be won't be a gimme. But um hopefully Limerick can uh you know use home advantage and use that advantage they earned by um winning their first two games and that we'll have another day in Crow Park. Um, for the Limerick footballers to forward to us. So the best look to Mark Fitzgerald and his team this weekend. We also have the ladies footballers in action this weekend, Matt. And they play Kilkenny, you know, in a game you really couldn't see going anyway other than a, a Limerick win and probably a comprehensive one at that this Sunday at two o'clock in John Locke Park in Kilkenny. You know, the league, the league meeting. Will tell you how that that one went. You know, very one-sided in, in favour of Limerick, um, but it'll be important for Graham Shine to decide to get after win before they host Sligo in a fortnight's time, and then they host down in the final round of games. But hard to see anything other than a win for the footballers this weekend. Yeah, the, Jack, it's 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 um, it's very very difficult to see anything other than, other than a win, like and. Um, uh, like Kilkenny didn't win a game in the league, and like um, Limerick, Limerick um, uh, beat Kilkenny by four thirteen to two points in the first round of the league. Um, by any benchmark, you would imagine that that would do an amount of good for your scoring difference. But the unfortunate thing, from a Limerick point of view, when it came to scoring difference towards towards the end of the competition, you will recall Limerick were at a disadvantage because the other teams had beaten them by so much more. So um, yeah, I look. It, 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 it's the opening game of it's the opening game of the championship. Um, obviously, a win is an imperative. Um, this is one of the ones you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If um, if you know anything other than a convincing win for Limerick will be a disappointment because um, for Limerick over the last couple of years, Jack. Um, Sligo and Down are a bit of an unknown. So um, we, we, we'll be going into sort of virgin territory there when we'll be, when we'll be facing Sligo and Down. Now, we have the advantage, 
you know, for once, and I've spoken about home and away, and you, you, you've probably accused me of being obsessed about it in the past, but um, um, for once, we have two home games. Um, yeah. And um, on paper, at least, we have the easy game away from home. So um, um, I expect Limerick to win. I expect them, no disrespect to Kilkenny, to win um, comprehensively. Now, Kilkenny will obviously have taken learnings from 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 the league, but the gap they have to close, Jack, is so great that I, that I can't see anything other than a convincing Limerick win. Yeah, and and I'm I'm the same as you in that regard. It's it's just it's hard to see anything other than Limerick win, and they should that you know if you're going by league farm, you know, and Kilkenny's farm and any means of Limerick, it's hard to see past Limerick win, and that would be be good for us. To see Limerick win. So again, best look to Graham Shinley's side. And also on the, the same afternoon, the hurlers or the Camogie team are out um against Waterford in Capamore in the second round of the championship. Um and you know, we had said about the, the ladies footballers will be really confident going into the game. This is one that Waterford will be heavily favoured for. Um had a huge win over Offley in the opening round. Limerick fell to defeat. In Antrim, Waterford got to the Ireland semi-final last year. They won the league. They're on the crest of a wave. Um, Limerick are, are fighting to stay alive in the championship. Now, if results elsewhere go their way, they, they could sneak through in the final round. But conversely to the ladies' football, Matt, this is a very hard game for the Camogie side. Very, very difficult game, Jack. Very, very difficult game. There's there's no doubt and there's no sugarcoating it. It's on in Capamore on Saturday at two o'clock. And um you, your analysis is right. This is a this is a repeat of of, of last year's All Island quarterfinal, which was played in Turles, which Waterford won. Um, but not after a very spirited performance by Limerick, particularly in the second half and after being reduced to 14 players just on the on the call of half time. Um, but um, Limerick suffered a heavy defeat to Waterford in, in the league. And as you rightly pointed out, they went on and won Division 1B very, very, very convincingly. And they had a convincing win over Offaly. No, they had a landmark win over Cork in the Munster Championship, Jack, in the quarterfinal. Yeah. And like, you, you know, all the pointers at that stage was that they were going to go on and win the Munster Championship. But nobody told Tipperary. Um, who who who, um, who who gave him a bit of a beating now in the semi-final, a very very emphatic beating actually in the semi-final. So like, but as I said, there's no sugarcoating it. This is a difficult game for Limerick, and just to put it in context, were Limerick to lose this game, and were Antrim uh, to beat Offaly, or even draw with Offaly. Limerick are out of the championship. That is the stark yeah. reality. And and uh, were Limerick to lose to Waterford, they're going to be into a make or break game with Offaly. Um, um, away from home. And that will be the second time this year that, uh, that Limerick will have been confronted with that situation with Offaly. But this time it's away. It was in McNeville Park in the league when Limerick had to win to stay afloat in the league. And they did it. And um, no, 
That was an encouraging performance on the back of a poor league performance when you lost Tantum and you lost to Down and you lost all over the place. I thought that was a convincing, you know, I was at that game, a convincing game, a convincing performance, much improved performance. I thought I saw more of the same in the first round of the, in, in the Munster semi-final, um, but they just couldn't um, dig it out in the second half uh, against um, Clare. Now, from what I'm hearing, it would appear that the second half performance in Antrim was very, very good um, after, after, after a poor first, part, first half performance. But like what they will have to bring, they will have to bring 60 minutes of something like that we haven't seen already this year if they're to get over Waterford on, 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 um, on um, Saturday. Because... After beating Limerick in the quarterfinal last year, Waterford were very, very unlucky not to have beaten Cork in the semi-final. So there, there's not a doubt on earth Waterford Camogie, despite that heavy defeat in the Munster semi-final to Tipperary, is very, very much up on an upward trajectory. And um, there they gave crash the top four in, in Camogie last year. And, um, you know... They, 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 they could be a permanent fixture in the top four for a few years now because they're certainly going in the right direction, Jack. Oh, definitely going in the right direction. <coughs> it's hard to see them not getting back to that stage, at least. But you'd be hoping for, for a Limerick shock um, this week in Capamore. And, you know, you mentioned that performance in the in the, relega- in the relegation playoff as a while, but it wasn't really, but it was, you know, against Offaly. That we were hoping for a response because it was encouraging in Antrim last time out. So, you know, hopefully that we can see some some green shoots for the Kogi this weekend. Three big games in the Talchon Cup the, for the ladies footballers and, and the Limerick Kamogi side. So we'll be hoping for, for more wins for Limerick because we are getting very greedy in terms of Limerick successes, Matt. But before we, we, are, we do... Jack finish... and, um, and you know what, Jack? I don't apologise to anybody for it. <laughs> oh, you, and... you were long enough. Without, there's, so. there's, a, there's a statement about begrudges, you know, which I won't yeah. repeat on air. Yeah, and, you know, we'll finish up after this. But, you know, you've seen Limerick a lot longer than me. But even when I was growing up, you know, you were celebrating the Limerick Munster quarterfinal win. Or you were celebrating the qualifier win. Or even a good performance against the likes of... Cork and Tip and you know I remember in 2012 Limerick went to Turles and I think it might have been it might have been Shane Dowling's debut if not his second year and he scored a couple of goals but Tipperary eventually reeled Limerick in but you know hugely encouraging for Limerick that year and the following year to win Munster and then in 14 got to Munster final and you're thinking huge upward trajectory and at the same time the minor teams were coming but there was a lull year in 15, 16, 17. And look at us now, Matt. Five in a row in Munster. Two games away from a four in a row in an All-Ireland. Like, can you can you sum up, you know, your thoughts, you know, from following Limerick for so long to where they are right now? You must you must be pinching yourself. Not, not in the morning, but nearly every moment of the day. I am Jack, and 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 um, 
I am getting tired of pensioning myself now. I'll repeat for the umpteen time, Jack, that as a very small boy, I saw Limerick playing for the first time in the Munster Championship in the old athletic grounds in Cork. They were beaten by Tipperary 10-9 to 2-1, and I cried all the way from Cork to Glenroo because for some reason I was convinced that Limerick were going to win. But that, that was only a boyhood fancy. But um, um, obviously... Um, I've seen it over the years, Jack, and have despaired. And uh, so I was there in 1973, and um, uh, you were saying to yourself, "God, this is the this is the dawning of a new era." And sure, we came back in the 74 final, well beaten by Kilkenny, and there were so many valley valley periods. But um, the, the 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 one the biggest downers for me, and the the real low points for me, Jack, were were losing the two finals in the 90s. Um, particularly the the, 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 the the circumstances of losing it to Offaly and um, also to losing to Wexford, who were reduced to 14 men early in the game. And I left Croke Park that day, absolutely despaired. And I sought to look back briefly and I said to myself, I will never see this place again, that, um, that um, you know, th this is the end of it. We, you know, we, we, we've... As far as I was concerned, but that was the immediate aftermath of losing an All Ireland final. I was, I, 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 I was despairing. Um, but no, Jack. The answer to your question is, I could never have imagined it. And as you rightly said, you know, we celebrated winning a Munster Championship quarter final. You know, there were a number of years there when we didn't win a Munster Championship game at all. And to see this contrast. We've won five Munster Senior Hurling Championships in a row. It's just simply phenomenal. In line for four All-Irelands in a row, five and six years. This thing is the stuff the dreams are made of, Jack. We, 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 we have a young generation now that are going to matches, the eight, the nines, the tens, and the elevens, and the twelves. They'll know nothing but success. You know, they're going to be very hard to satisfy in the future. In terms, but this has been a phenomenal odyssey. Absolutely huge credit to John Kiley and the management team he has surrounded himself with. Huge credit to a fantastic bunch of players. Absolutely a fantastic bunch of players who has bought into everything that their management has has asked of them. You know, this this this, this you talk about dreamland. This is it in terms of hurling. Yeah, don't don't wake us up for another while. Uh, don't wake us up till the end of July anyway when we're back in Crow Park and, and hopefully can add, make more history because every time you write about these players, it's it's history they've made. And I, I suppose to finish off a special mention to to Nicky Quaid, Declan Hannon, Graham Mulcahy and David Reedy. First ever set of Limerick men to win six Munster titles in a row. Um I suppose for Dave Reedy, his journey was a bit different because he, he went to Kildare and he was very young at that first stage. But he played his part and was immense at the weekend. But the other three boys, you know, Graham Mulcahy came in in 2009. Um, Nicky Quay came in 2010 in the middle of a strike. Declan Hannon the year after, only 18 years of age. And they've seen it all. They've seen the lowest of ebbs and they're at the highest of highs now. I know. It's not six four. in a row, Jack. It's five in a row and one in 2013. 
Sorry, sorry, six six overall, we'll say. Six overall. You're, um, that, you're, you're getting carried away in the euphoria. The euphoria is <laughs> over since Sunday, Jack. I know, yeah. I know we will enjoy this now until we're back in Crow Park in four weeks' time. But, you know, players that have seen the lowest of lows and their experience in the highs of highs mm-hmm. all played their part at the weekend. And it was, you know, it was nice to see all four of them start. You know, it's, it's rare enough they all start. So it was nice that they were all starting in the two scale of crowns. But huge credit to them, to John and his management team. I hope they enjoyed the couple of days and I hope they enjoy their week as a whole because I'm sure attention will turn fairly shortly to that 8th of July date in, in Crow Park. And I'm sure the Limerick faithful will be there in full support. Them. But for now, we'll turn attention this weekend to the to the football, both ladies and men's and the camogie and wish them the very best of luck. Um, a huge thank you to Noel's menswear, our sponsor. And I was in with the boys last Friday and we got a, a support message out for Limerick um, with Brian inside there. So hopefully that went a long way in helping the boys on. To you as always, Matt, for your contributions. To Morris at the start of the show and to Paz as well for, for chatting to us about the football. Hopefully another good weekend for Limerick. Hopefully another good few weeks for Limerick. And the club championships aren't too far away, Matt. So we'll be... We'll be hectic enough for the next few weeks. But for now, that's us over and out for episode 237 of the Street Talk Podcast. Thank you very much, and we'll talk again soon. Impression the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? He's just about kept in. Oh, well, Shorty Buckley. To do that to Tommaso Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run and that was it. Put the ball over the bar and the back of it and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? No sympathy in this game for anybody.